Good morning, everyone. It's Wednesday, July 14th. You're listening to Two and a Half Hoopers, Patty Mills' favorite basketball podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Lehman. With me, I'm joined with Josh Rhodes, who made his way back from missing the Frankie the Ace pod. Very conveniently, uh, he missed that episode. How you doing, Josh? We have a very, very silent and peaceful atmosphere at the moment. You can be honest with me, with the listeners. Yes. yes. It wasn't an accident. Well, it kind of was. I set myself up for failure, but it wasn't 100% intentional. You made plans that went long, but I know you. The only plans you ever have during pods are work. You you never make plans on a, on a pod night. I know you. I didn't make those plans. Well, I guess <laughs> I made them, but I mean, I agreed. I'm also here with George. Uh, George Martin with a setup now. TV in the back. Still the Xbox mic. How you doing? I'm good. Still the Echo. Did you furnish that? Did you furnish that house? Uh, it, it, there's it, it, there's wood floors in this room. That's just how it's gonna be, honestly. Oh, whoops. There's no light in this room, which is why I'm in the dark. But um, we're gonna upload this to YouTube because uh, we need it's views. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm in the dark. I'm gonna need like glasses by the end of this one, but it's fine. Depending on when we record Thursday, this might be my last episode for about a week and a half. You are going to Hawaii on Thursday. Wait, why can't you record on vacation? We've done it all. Man, I can't do it with 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 the parentals right next to me. I'll see what I I'll see what I can do. It might be a it might be a sit in the car and talk. We'll figure something. Thursday's episode will be live streamed from the Space Jam Two premiere. <laughs> uh, we're we're, ta- we're taking a trip out there. We're gonna try and see if LeBron's hopping in. Uh, Simi Valley, because uh, you know him, Danny Duncan are always caught around Simi Valley, so hopefully he's at the premiere. Uh, but enough chit chat. We got a good show for you guys. Uh, Frankie the Ace list this time, and again, want to say thank you everyone for the support on that one. Me and George went through a lot uh, to get Frankie on, and having Frankie on, uh, and you know all, all their usuals: Danny Stiff, Josh Nowakowski, Jake Guardhouse dropped to listen. George. Get off of her Instagram for one podcast. Oh my gosh, she doesn't George. follow you back. She doesn't. We looked on Sunday. She doesn't. That's Always why finds only, a way that's why to upload two, something while we podcast. Two points, just like me. You, you, you were in your own head. I don't want to talk about it. Horrible stuff from Lehman. But basketball that doesn't involve our rec league L's. Uh, Detailed preview of the Suns-Bucks game four on tonight. Uh, some Team USA talk now that they are one and two in expedition games. Uh, was going to be 0-3, but we, we, didn't, we don't have to slander them a lot. They won today. Uh, uh, Sixers have finally made it public. They're taking calls for Ben Simmons, who are some ideal trade partners. Um, and then what is the true definition of having a bag in the NBA? Uh, because George has been getting very upset about it on Twitter, on his Twitter. But first, if you guys like what she... Make sure to follow us at Troopers. It's here on Twitter. Uh, drop a comment. Drop a follow on YouTube. Subscribe. All that. You got, if you guys want to, you want, I don't know why I say it every time, but at Troopers is our socials. All right. Let's get it started with the Suns-Bucks game for a preview. Um, Josh, you didn't get to get your real thoughts on the game because we had Frankie right. here. Uh, he kind of filled in for you. Uh, he said the Bucks put the ball in the basket more than the Suns. That's right. why they won. And I, I 110% agree. I feel like that's the best analysis that anybody could have uh, put into this game. The best. Uh, my, my, my. The second best analysis was that Scott Foster was refing, so it was obviously a wash. But 
Uh, just my main thoughts of the game is uh, Holiday played significantly better. Uh, it's not that he outplayed Chris Paul because I feel like they had a pretty even game, but I feel like Holiday was a bit more active defensively, and he didn't he didn't chuck up a bajillion shots that didn't go in. He didn't miss easy shots, so it didn't feel like he was hurting them on one side and helping them on the other. Uh, Giannis, obviously a phenomenal game. I don't really think I need to emphasize that more than you guys did uh, last time. A bit of a struggle, uh, I would say, for the Phoenix Suns offensively. I know that they got a lot with eight and rolling in the first half, but in the second half, they seemed to be very not stagnant could we use that word too much to refer to our rec league offense but they just they just seemed like they were just at the wrong position constantly and it felt like a lot of miscommunication and it was a lot of like trying to get guys warmed up especially Devin Booker and I think campaign didn't play too too hot campaign three of ten yeah so both those guys they were trying to find their own shot and they kept we were just in a lot of miscommunication on Phoenix side and Bucks took full advantage they could not stop Giannis and Phoenix is a geared offensively geared team. And they just kind of have to sometimes live with the fact that Giannis doesn't uh, are that they just have to keep the lead. And that's a big thing that we uh, talked about in game two, as if like the game might be over if Phoenix gets a double digit lead just because they're so good at keeping it. They weren't able to capitalize. There wasn't like the big runs that we've seen in the first two games where they go on like a 16-4 run in like the middle of the game and then they just hold the lead. They just were unable to get any momentum going. And I think that's why the Bucks were able to do it. Uh, I brought this up last pod. Besides Booker, this on paper looks like a great game for the Suns. Uh, CP3-4 right. turnovers. But do you are you on that train of thought too, or is the three for fourteen from Booker just way too much to overcome? Because I'm looking no, at something like not Jake that. Crowder's not going to go six or seven Jake- from three again. A you know eight for eleven is is a great game for him. CP I, I hate 50%. to bring up the uh, <laughs> I hate to bring up the uh, the plus minuses, but uh, yeah, you say CP three had a pretty decent game, but minus thirteen, Jake Crowder minus eleven, obviously because they lost. But, they uh, lost by twenty. Yeah, <laughs> no one had a positive on their team. Um, you are correct. Closest was Mikel Bridges, but Mikel Bridges didn't play great. I think a lot of their revolves around uh, the time. I know that they got taken. They got pulled pretty early. Do you know when they got pulled? I know Booker didn't play the fourth at all. Right. He was running uh, a campaign. Chris Paul. And lineup. here's the thing: he's their se- he's their third leading minutes guy. Like the person that played the most was Chris Paul at 33. And I know that they didn't just sit them the whole fourth. So at some point, maybe there was a little bit of uh, a rotation issue because, I mean, Frank Kaminsky played 13 minutes. I remember he played, didn't he play like 30 seconds? And we talked about how we just can't keep him on the court like that. Yeah. Raising eight and for playing 40. And now he's out here playing 13 minutes. It's probably all garbage time. But, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't sit with me. Uh, Monty Williams probably – I don't – see, that's a difficult thing because I don't know if Monty Williams should make the decision of play the guys that are doing well because he took Bridges out because he wasn't shooting and Cam Johnson came in. Uh, but then there's other points where it's like, well, you kind of need those guys to be active. So is sitting Devin Booker in the fourth quarter really a good idea because he hasn't – now he's sitting there already cold and now he gets 12 minutes to sit and think about it. Do you think Devin Booker, the guy that hasn't shot 
well since game one of the Western Conference Finals is going to take those 12 minutes in the fourth quarter of the finals to go, oh, shoot, maybe I need to, you know, come back better. I don't know if he has that. So I don't know if Monty Williams benching Devin Booker is a good idea. I feel like he should have just let Devin Booker run around like Russell Westbrook. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I think at the end of the day, Monty was throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks because they hadn't been I have have their back against the wall against the Bucks. So right. um, I, that second half of coaching was kind of a wash. They were down almost the whole time. Uh, we're glad to get your thoughts on game three. Now time for game four. I'll start with George here because he will we'll call Giannis by a cool name. So, uh, but how many points will he score? He's averaging 36 on 62% shooting in this series, including back-to-back 40 nugget uh, combos. So, I mean... It, it, it's, is there another one, George? If he does another one, he's that's history. It's it's history. Yeah, Michael Michael has four uh, four in a row forty point games. I don't think but, he's going to get forty. Um, it took him almost. I think they kept him in a little bit longer than they should have last game for him to get forty. I think they wanted him to get those back to back. The game was the game was the game was already the game was already settled at that point, but they kept he was at like 38, so they kept him in to get his 40. Um, but I'm expecting another 30 ball, whether that's 32, 35. They don't have really anything to stop him. Uh, so yeah, I expect at least 30. And yeah, I'm I'm would I'd be shocked if he scored under 30, uh, as we've seen how he trends to play in this series. See, so yeah, if his average is 36, that's the over under. Is it over under for you? Over under 36? Mm hmm. I'm gonna take under. I'm gonna I'm gonna take under, but like 34. That's what I would take. That's I think he's just. I'm, I'm going over, Josh. What do you think about Giannis scoring in Game Four here at home? Oh, it's gonna be bad. I don't think this is this is probably gonna be the game where they figure something out. He might go under, but like it's not gonna be terrible. It's gonna be like a 26, 27, but it's gonna be horrific shooting. I think like 26 be, on 25 or something. Yeah, like like oh like. I actually I think it'll be under, but that's because I have the Chris Middleton game at game four. So I, I think right. I think it'll be efficient for Giannis. We'll get into actually that's a good say we're going we're gonna get into it now. Um the Suns defending Giannis. Um like we like mentioned before, only Aiden really has a chance of guarding him, and he's not as quick as he needs to be. Plus, Giannis gets into foul trouble way too easily. So they can't put him on the whole time. Because he because he's too valuable in the offensive end, you can't have him picking up those fouls on Giannis because you're gonna have to you're gonna get foul calls um, if you're guarding Giannis. Um, so Chris Paul says Suns need to find a way to build a wall on Giannis. I take it that's a shot, that's a shot at the coaching staff because he's saying all these guys have figured out how to do it. Why can't we? He he has back to back forty pieces on us. I know why they can't figure it out. But Josh, what do you take about that statement that Chris Paul says? Um, so this is kind of going. I saw it was on TikTok, and unlike George's TikTok for you page, where it's just uh, hot girls, uh, <laughs> a lot, I got a I get a lot of uh, interesting opinions or interesting takes on my for you page. And a guy said that the George will definitely disagree with this for sure. But it, he says he can't. That, he's on mute. So just yeah. say it. <laughs> he says that they're not saying that he, uh, we, as in the audience, are not seeing anything different from Giannis that he's been doing in the regular, the normal season. I know George likes to talk about how he's polished his game a little bit in the post, and he does other things. But it's just that there's a lot of teams that scheme really well against him. And we're seeing now in these playoffs, especially that they don't. That a lot of the teams that the Bucks have played don't have the 
uh, bodies to necessarily like build that defensive scheme that works well against Giannis. And it kind of discredits the, oh, Giannis isn't a playoff choker uh, take because it's just that teams scheme really well and it's more of like a praise rather than a bash on. I know you disagree, George. You don't have to shake your head. It's common knowledge. You well, I, I, I'm shaking my head in the dark here too. I'll lob it up to George. Right. Don't worry, but finish your, your train of thought. Yeah, so – and then it just says that – the people saying that he's getting better, uh, but they're kind of disagreeing with it. Just they're just kind of saying accumulating and correlating the fact that he's winning more awards and stuff like that and getting higher averages to him getting quote unquote better when it's probably not the case. I don't. Re- I didn't really know how to come across that just simply because I didn't know how to argue against it. So maybe you guys have a better better way of arguing against that point Ex- instead of naming quote-unquote Giannis's bag George can you give me a like a viable argument to why that's not a true statement so you don't want me to explain all the moves that yeah I, think... I don't want you to do the shimmy shimmy hoo-ha okay. up and under well, thing. I just want you well, to for one for hold one, up hold he... up that's not fair he's hitting turnaround jumpers that's why they can't build the wall so- and for one thing, he has been doing that in the regular season he did that in that Nets game where he had what he almost had 50 right Lehman and in those few regular season games against the Nets, right. he had close he had to like 50. Those, net, those Nets ones, so he was hitting three. If you look at the tape, if you look at the tape from like this regular season to what happened with the bubble in Miami, it's totally different. If he had right. some of those moves, I mean, maybe they still lose to Miami because the role players around him weren't as great, but he's scoring a lot easier. He has right. definitely. And I, I'm not trying to are, like take away that argument. I just feel like it's already kind of common knowledge that Giannis is trying to do more uh, offensive, more offensively, and he's succeeding in doing so. But at the same time, I'm just trying to figure out instead of like just blatantly naming the moves and using that as a simple argument, like because they do kind of have a point. Like you look at the teams at the. Bucks have played in the past, and you can kind of tell that they're a bit more defensively built. Like the Heat last year, not the Heat this year. The 2019 Raptors had Kawhi Leonard, and they still had a really good defensive team on top of that. And then you look at this year, the teams that they played, they played Miami, who was who hasn't been themselves the whole year. The Nets, I, who had Blake Griffin as so the primary you're, defender. You're blaming Atlanta. who he's played. Like no, I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying, like, is there a way around that argument? This well, Suns team was the best defensive team in the West heading into the finals. We all said they have the way to build the wall. I don't want to hear that Mikel Bridges is too lanky to do it. I was they just had, gonna get, that was they had Pascal Siakam. They they okay. had Duncan Robinson right. on the court when they were building this I wall. I wish you were here, you don't I wish need you were here last episode. Five guys who are all defensive. So I brought this up last episode. It would have been nice if you were here because okay. I alluded to saying that the Suns can 100% build the wall. Build the wall. Uh, so, so you have Crowder, Bridges, and Aiton. That's a big. That's a good three. This and is even the first Cam Johnson. The, yeah, yeah. Cam Johnson. They're not well, either choosing to or they know I think I took work. Cam Johnson. I took Cam Johnson out of the equation when Giannis well, shoved he, shoved him it, ten feet across. Better than Duncan Robinson. I'll tell you that. So um, they have the scheme to do it. I, I and I don't even think they want to do it because they realize that he can beat a wall now. Can we just give Bud credit that he's putting Giannis in better positions? They're running more pick and rolls, and Giannis is diving right. hard, and they're running Giannis in the low block. And mm-hmm. I'm not George is more of the guy that's like Giannis has a bag, but Giannis is hitting those turnaround jumpers, and he, when he gets too deep, they can't do anything because they're just gonna foul right. him. And the main right. way he's getting these points is from the free throw line. He's, he's I think he the last two games uh, he shot over fifty percent from the free throw line when he's been uh, shot more than ten free throws. That's only mm-hmm, happened right. like five times in the playoff his whole career. 
So he's hitting a lot of these free throws, which is very key. Right. All right. Fair points. Yeah. Um, do you do you? Th- so I'll start with Josh here because a lot of, there's been a lot of uh, debate and talk about Giannis gets either too much hate or he 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 gets the right amount of hate about not being able to you know shoot threes, um, you know make free throws when guys like Shaq were putting up the same numbers as Giannis and he never attempted a shot he a shot from outside the paint he never made his free throws but everyone was fine with it. So where where do you stand there? Oh man, so. I just think that's so dumb because that's just it's such a different style of game because now we're talking about if you can't shoot the ball like there's something wrong with you whereas the other one was where as in the 2000s it was probably I don't I don't know what the motto was in the 2000s but it sure wasn't if you can't shoot the ball what's wrong with you Shaq Shaq's game was a lot more praised and I feel like that was the primary primary goal is to get the easiest bucket possible. That's why the Phoenix Suns are so emphasized in that era because they broke the they broke that code. And I don't know personally. I don't have an issue if Giannis can score as easy as he is in this finals and in these playoffs for most of the for most of the series. Then I don't have a problem with him not wanting to shoot three or not having to shoot the three. Like there's other people. There's a million other, not million. There are hundreds of other capable players that are that can shoot the three ball. Like it's not like, oh, Giannis has to, to become this all around phenomenal talent in order to do so. And uh, he just has to do what he what he's been dominating at, and that's that's what they asked of Shaq. And I feel like that's how they that's how they're similar. But I think the comparison is unfair just because the eras are so completely vastly different. But again, if they go out there and they do what they're asked to do, which is dominate the paint and play great defense. And both of them are doing both of them. One of them did that. And one of them's doing it right now. So I don't see the issue. George, do you think it has anything to do with the fact that Giannis likes taking these threes and he goes one for six and one for seven. And they're saying, if you're going to shoot them, make them, if he was not shooting threes, he was like Ben Simmons, but was aggressive in the, like at the rim, like he is. Do you think it'd be as blown out of proportion as it is, or do you think, hey, it's it's kind of fair? He's getting criticized like this. Make your make your free throws, make your jumpers. Uh, no, there's certain criticism that's warranted, especially I, we've talked about this. I've talked about this, especially when we watched games. He'll just have like so much confidence taking this three when the defense is giving it to him, and knowing no matter what the result is, we live with that. We'll take that. But I don't feel like it's something that you can almost harp on him because he doesn't do it a whole heck of a lot i know in some of those early playoff games he was going one for eight one you know one for seven that's like you have to stop taking these it's it's handicapping your offense in a sense and he's gone away from that free throws are definitely uh, a big concern as well and it's fair criticism although we've seen you know greats all the time or just even some players some starters in the league i know he's obviously a two-time mvp but lebron starting out early wasn't great from free throw still isn't the Mm -hmm. best but obviously, you know, he has a more solidified bag to score, so it's not as uh, hurting his, his game. But the free throws he's gotten a lot better these last few games. Um, it, it's just all with the routine, honestly, and just how he releases it. So I don't feel like it will be a big – what's the word? I don't, I don't feel like it will be a big ex, like reason Handicap? to worry Yeah, going forward. He shot two threes in game three, and he shot five threes in game two. Uh, so he is toning it down a little bit. But still, he shoots those. You kind of cringe because he can just get whatever he wants at the rim or get another foul on eight, and that would be so key. Um, Josh, does he have a bag whatsoever? Like, I don't. 
Yeah, it is a little bag. I mean, like we make fun of the fact, and we just make fun of the no bag because it's a lot more fun to talk about the extremes rather than the. Uh, yeah, talk about like the extremo rather than just like oh, accept a little bit. But yeah, he's he's developing one. But the keen argument is, does he need one? And I don't think he does, just because he's so physically and talent physically talented. That's like if you don't need a bag, like nobody's talking about Shaq. Like my big thing with like the bag is, if you can score higher, uh, if you can score over guys taller than you because of your moves, then that's kind of like where the bag develops. That's why it's so much easier to say like, oh, the guards have the bag, like the AIs, the Kyries, the Currys. Whereas like, you know, the real the guy, the only real guy that had like a bag was Hakeem, in my opinion. Like where you can like certainly say that everybody else, it's like they didn't really need one, so it's like, what's the point? But- the Dunkin' Dutchman Rick Smith was pretty. He he was pretty nice too. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> he, he had Kareem, some nice up. Cream Skyhook, obviously, and I mean, like they have moves, and like Giannis definitely has his moments where like he can shake a defender off. I'm not denying that, but I'm just saying like he doesn't really necessarily need a bag. Like he's just a dominant force inside. Pause, and I mean it kind of goes hand in hand. That's why the Shaq comparisons are because it's not like Shaq needed to do like all these fancy like finesse moves to get to the basket. It was just like, one, two, use your body score yeah Easy. um leading in we talked about the main man now we have some supporting cast middleton and holiday played solid game two i thought uh, game three i thought holiday played a great game um in game three um george where do you see them playing game four because i mean uh, you know if middleton's having his uh his famous middleton game in this game at home and it's a crucial game. I might I might join in on you with this. I think it's it's time for him to hit his uh, once a series thirty ball. I still think Drew is going to pitch in a decent amount, uh, especially if we get more pick and rolls like we did last game. So like twenty, I, I can see out of him. But definitely, I think this is time for Chris. I know that you said it's the Chris Middleton game, so I don't want to just jump on your agenda here. But I do think it might be time for an explosion from him. Pause, pause, pause. <laughs> but, uh, but Middleton is, it's not a hot take by any means. It, we've just, everyone's taking it like fact. Once a series, Middleton's going to give you 30 and he's going to win you the game. Uh, Josh, is is like a holiday game where he scores 20 and Chris Paul goes under 50%, is that like like key? Like what you need from holiday? Or yeah, is that just extra? That's what, I said. that's what I said in game two. Like he was doing so much for them and as long as he can take because he can't do everything but as long as he can take at least one of the guards out of the game i've lowered my expectations for drew holiday if devin booker can't shoot well or if chris paul can't create for other players and holiday doesn't absolutely suck on offense he's a positive for them i mean i we were talking about how he could potentially wash chris paul at the beginning of the series and now we have we a few do that. <laughs> we, we have a few games under our belt. Now we've kind of realized where the players stand in terms of the rankings. And I think that uh, as long as Holiday, because he's going to be a pest. Like every point that Chris Paul scores or every point that Devin Booker scores on Holiday is either non-existent or it's one of the toughest buckets that uh, in the game. And as long as Holiday's not being a complete disaster on uh, offense, it's, he's a plus. So yeah, let's lead in. He was playing tough defense, and a lot of people have been playing tough defense on Devin Booker. He's also just missing open shots, but I'm, don't get me started there. We were going to get started on Booker. Um, lot to unpack from the past two days or so. Um, first of which saying, Booker saying, 
you know, that kind of mamba mentality. Um, I got a short memory. I'm going to wash it. doesn't matter how I've been playing. I'm going to keep shooting. I'm going to keep scoring. And Chris Paul obviously co-signs it. He kind of has to, whether he agrees with it or not, because if your star point guard says stop shooting, you are not going to have any sort of confidence to even play basketball whatsoever. I would know. I lost a lot of confidence last Sunday with getting <laughs> toyed around with on the perimeter uh, by physical players. But, yeah, so George sent this very fun tweet. Um, Booker since game one versus the Clippers, which is when I started hating Devin Booker. Um, he's averaging 23 points, 22.6, um, on 36-29-88 splits. Um, less than four assists per game. That's not good. Um, do you see this as a bounce back, Josh? And then just overall, we haven't been on the pod in about five days. Um, what do you take about Booker, <laughs> his game three, and just how he's played since that 40-point triple-double with the Clippers? Because you know how I feel about him. Right. Um, I don't think – well, I mean, as somebody that has kind of fortified that Chris Paul is the best player in the Suns, it's not like the super detrimental thing. Uh, that I've the experience. Obviously, Devin Booker's high volume score we've talked about. Uh, it's disappointing that he can't do the one thing Phoenix asks of him. But um, oh, man, I don't, I don't even. And he's know not doing anything it. else either. No, that's the thing. He's not asked to. He's only asked to he's, be a high volume. When he's, shooter, when he's missing shots, he's not going to dig it on defense, and he's not going to move the ball. He's right. going to keep shooting the three fourteen. Right. Yeah, and I mean, I don't really see this as a bounce back game. I think Devin Booker is probably I, as long as he can just plateau at like an average, like a like around forty percent. I'm not mad. Like uh, we've seen a game one and two, they're capable of winning without. I mean, game two he played really well, but game one they won the game without him shooting phenomenal. He just didn't suck. In this game, he was bad. He was probably the worst worst player on the Suns uh, this last game. So as long as he can kind of just you know. I, I like Devin Booker a lot as a microwave, and that's kind of how I saw him when he came into the league. Where he, like he a can six get man. You like, he can get you like 10 – well, obviously he's exceeded those expectations. But, yeah, like a six man, like what he was in college. He subbed in, he gave you a quick eight to ten, and the game, the momentum completely shifts. If Devin Booker can do that at the beginning of the game, that's so pivotal for Phoenix. But Phoenix definitely has to rely on Chris Paul more than Devin Booker. I feel like that's kind of like his ceiling is like a six man. I feel like this is kind of like <laughs> he's a starting shooting guard in uh, the, the NBA finals. Should, should he be? I don't know. Um, uh, what you want the Harrison Bros to start ahead of him again, like it's Kentucky? I mean, maybe <laughs> you, hey, I, they I, made it to I, the they made it to the finals. The and I read you the stats when you, you saw him getting double in open gym. He's not meant for the moment. He's not meant for physical play, and he's not meant for anything other than shooting open Ever shots. Ever since Levin saw the uh, the Kobe comparison, like the MJ thing, he, he's just he's got I was a Lakers house, and they were trying to tell me that the Kobe MJ passing the torch was the same as Booker writing "Be legendary" on his Kobe sneakers uh, <laughs> some, because, some because he's super epic and quirky. Warranted, but a lot of it stems from from that segment on ESPN. This guy almost blew a gasket. And then he dropped two points in the game. Devin Booker should start uh, idolizing Bradley Beal instead of Kobe Bryant. I can't, but people were really telling me that Booker's better than Bradley Beal. But anyways, George, Booker in in this series or just how he's playing in general, do you think he'll have a bounce-back game? I don't think he will. I think he should come off the bench, but do you think he'll have a bounce-back game here in the in game <laughs> Oh, four? my gosh. Um, <laughs> I think he will. 
I kind of am the optimist of this pod, and I just think a lot of guys will bounce back, and they prove me wrong. Um, but with Book, <laughs> it's encouraging that he knows that he needs to wash it out of his brain and you know come back into this game thinking that it's a zero-zero series or you know game seven mentality. I like that. Um, obviously, I just feel like he needs to create easier shots for himself. A lot of the times he's forcing threes, not getting those dribble pull-up middies that he's uh, that, that the Suns have really been successful with on their playoff run. So he just needs to get back to his spots, make it easier for him, and he should have a pretty efficient game. I'm going to say he's shooting over 50% uh, in this game, game four. So we'll see how that goes. You want a bet? Oh, you, you, already, you already have a bet you have to pay for, Lehman. And he simply won't drive me to Canes. Uh, but J- Josh said it. He, he, he'd rather go 0 for 30 than 0 for 9. Dion, he's going to keep shooting. But like Josh said, they, they won a game where he didn't play well, but he wasn't a detriment on offense. He goes through 14, they, they like lose. He's, 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 just, he's a negative for him. Do you think it's the right mindset to have if you're Devin Booker to keep shooting even though you're not going to hit these shots and instead well, of kicking out to Mikel Bridges? You don't know that. In game two, he was he was smoking. He was he was hitting mm. everything that he was getting, especially in and, that second and, half. And he started off very slow and he kept shooting and he and he hit and he hit him when they mattered in the second half. And you wonder um, why he hit them as well as he did in the second half? Got back to the mid-range game in his spots. He just needs to make it easier on himself. But so you so you think keep shooting, keep shooting. They they, 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 won't, they won't win if he goes like one for seven. They need him. To I'm not saying so much as to, to get keep out of the shooting. Phone. I'm saying to try and take his high percentage shots that he's made his a name off of. I'm not saying for him to go out there and you know jack like six shots in the, in, in the first five minutes. I'm saying for him to pick his spots better because that's where I think uh, no he's been no, struggling. That's, no, that's a stupid that's a stupid point because Devin Booker is not he's his game has already de-escalated to the point where he doesn't know how to pick pinpoint. He's lost that idea or not he's, he's not inefficient lost, at picking his spots, idea. you think? Yes, no, he's lost that ability to run around and find where he he's lost the Clay Thompson gene. He doesn't have it where he can just run around and shoot anymore. He's never had the opportunity to work with Chris Paul until this year. And all the emphasis with Chris Paul went to Aiden. It was like, Booker, do your thing, and we're going to fix Aiden. They fix Aiden, but now Devin Booker is so used to playing this ISO-heavy scoring ball, inefficient ball, that now he's in a position where he has to go back to picking his spots, and he hasn't been able to do that good. I, I don't blame him because of the situation that he's in, but he's just he doesn't have the Clay Thompson gene anymore. He can't just pick his spots. He has to have the ball and create. I really like that, Josh. I like that a lot. I he he was a very <laughs> much a catch and shoot kind of guy when he first came out, and then he developed that that off the dribble stuff. And Which is yeah, great. But now, now he it's just have the- it's just CP and A in pick and rolls, or CP drive and kick, or it's Booker. Here's at the wing. Go have fun and get us a bucket. And it's very tough to do that. Especially when you're guarded by all NBA defenders when you're playing you know, the Milwaukee Bucks and you have Giannis waiting at the rim with another seven footer next to him. So I, I like that a lot. Um, I'll, I'll let you go first for the next segment. Final segment here. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> and just give me one X factor. It can be from either team uh, for this game four. Uh, it's Chris Paul. Uh, you said the Chris Paul game, game three got postponed because Scott Foster was on the referee lineup. This is the Chris Paul game right here. The game, everything I talked about, about Chris Paul having the Hardwood Classic, it's this game right here. George. Uh, 
contrary to what Josh just said about Devin Booker, I'm still going to take Devin Booker as the X factor here. Any reason why? Uh, well, him shooting under 50% certainly isn't helping his team, and I just feel like even if even if they lose, if he can somehow sustain some confidence and have a nice shooting efficiency game, I feel like it would bode well for their chances in the overall series. Because if they had an efficient Devin Booker this whole series, I mean, we're probably – you're probably not seeing a, uh, a Phoenix parade. I mean, the series might be over quicker, so. Yeah, I mean, that – if you see an efficient uh, Holiday in Middleton, it's probably going the other way. But it's so, I have Mickey, one, so I have a Mickey so, Mouse X Factor. That's what you're telling me? No, I'm just saying, you know – little bounce this way, a little dribble this way. It's a 3-0 series sure. either way, so you can't just be like, well, if Booker makes his shots, <laughs> if I, just, I make I my just, free throws for 1-0 in the Simi Valley record, I just do so think he is an X factor because of the Suns that have played in the series, he's been struggling the most. So mm-hmm. a turnaround from him would be the biggest X factor for the Suns team. I get that. I like it. Mine's Middleton. Um, I, I, he, It has to be because I think he's going to have that 30 bomb. And if he doesn't have that 30 bomb – I don't know if they can get away with just the Giannis show unless their defense really holds up like it's been doing. Um, and as much as I hate him, Booker's going to have a game where he figures it out. And I think it'll be in game five at home, but maybe it's here. I just need this win from the Milwaukee Bucks. This is all I need. And I get to see the, a Phoenix Suns parade. Or I mean, how funny would it be if the Bucks just win? And I don't get to see anything. But m- maybe if... If then we go games, to Milwaukee. Maybe they say they win Game Seven on the road and they celebrate in Phoenix. No, they wouldn't do that. I, I, come on, oh. Booker. Come on, Booker. <laughs> Please. I'm talking like night after. Do they ever do that? Because I know Cleveland went clubbing in Oakland. Yeah, so but they, you may, wouldn't. Yeah. I can't go clubbing. You're right. I can't Milwaukee, go clubbing. Yeah, Yanni would not club in Phoenix. He, he's going back to Milwaukee. He's a he's a home guy. He's loyal. Yanni's literally just gonna go home to his wife and be like, "I did it." She's gonna hug him. They're gonna like go to bed at like midnight. Like it's it's there's no there's what the parade like a few days later. George, all right, moving on here. Enough Bucks Suns. Uh, we'll talk about that next pod, obviously, with LeBron James and the Space Jam movie. We got some we got a few stuff to talk about here. We're gonna rattle through these because we did go kind of long on that one, and I want to keep this under an hour, uh, even though Nowakowski likes them over an hour. Uh, so starting here, probably the most important news, um, and eh, kind of, uh, Kawhi undergoes ACL surgery to repair a partial tear. Um, I'll start with the Dr. George here. Did you predict this? Because he kept telling the, I don't, I, I'm sure he told the team he was out. Um, but the media kept saying, oh, he's like day to day because before, like, before because George <laughs> gives his answer, oh. <laughs> I'm not going to like it, but I was scrolling through Twitter before and he quote tweeted the tweet where it was like, oh, I've talked to sources and confirmed Kawhi's fine. It's like that tweet that he did when he actually hurt the ACL and George quote tweeted with the picture of the guy talking to the brick wall. <laughs> one of your better ones, George. I like that one. Thank you. But yeah, George, it was definitely a ploy to, you know, try and trick Utah and then ultimately Phoenix be like, Kawhi might be coming back, be careful. But he was never going to come back. So um, let's just thoughts on the ACL surgery. So I thought it was an ACL sprain, uh, initial diagnosis. I was off, yeah, obviously. <laughs> not, not, a, not, I'm halfway through school, so not that far off. We got time. <laughs> But the biggest thing here, the biggest cause for concern with these ACL surgeries 
no matter if it's partial or full rupture, it's the same surgery. You have to surgically uh, repair, reconstruct it. So that means it's like the same as you know, fully blowing out your knee. And we have someone who actually went through this injury recently. Spencer Dinwiddie had the same partial tear. He never returned when he tore, you know, before the season. And he was he's been out what seven eight he, months. He, he tore in like game seven. Because remember, we were like, who's going to win six, man? Laverta Dinwiddie. And then, like, he, yeah. he, he got hurt. <laughs> so it's I've – seen, I've seen around nine months. That's typical. And the thing with Kawhi is he stated before how he's really, you know, conservative with his body. He's always stated this, you know, post-basketball thing. He wants to be able to, like, you know, not his body take a beating so badly that he can't, like, walk properly or play, you know, sports with his kids and all that. So he's going to be – very conservative with the timeline here. Um, I don't know if we're going to get into this in terms of when do we see him coming back, but I'm going to spoil a little bit. I don't think he returns much at all. I don't know. I don't think he returns at all next season, but uh, we'll see. So if you have to take this anywhere, take it. Well, I was just cheesing the whole time because you did sound like a doctor there. You were like, oh, yeah, it's, it's this and that. I thought it was this. I was cheesing. I'm glad we got a doctor. But, Josh, I'll give you the fun question. Yeah. What impact – does this have on his free agency? He has a player option, and he he opted for surgery. I did not know that it would be – I did not know this was Dinwiddie one. I did not know this was nine-month recovery um, as far as that. So did you have something to say, George, before I go to Josh? I, I was about to sneeze, actually, but I didn't. <laughs> okay. So it's not a nine-month recovery, or is it? Well, Dinwiddie has been right around nine months with the same injury, so – okay. Got it. Um, I think for, I think it's kind of smart because Kawhi's kind of had knee suffrage uh, since Toronto. Uh, it might just be like a oh, it's partially torn. It could repair, but like there's might, we might as well just fix everything up. Um, f- as for his, I think for the Clippers, they're gonna try their very hardest to decline to try and decline that player option. Because Kawhi could easily just do what he did in San Antonio, miss that whole last year of his contract, and then he's gone. Cash uh, that check, and then <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but for Kawhi, I mean, unless you can think of a scenario uh, off the top of your head, I mean, why not uh, just try and or just accept the player option, then try to come back as quick as possible? Because I mean, the Clippers are uh, the Clippers kind of did an interesting thing, and they won without him instead of just completely get lost so now there might be like an issue like oh who's the real number one is it paul george is it Kawhi? um i don't know and unless i can think unless you're Kawhi and can think of a situation where like you are in a better situation than you are with the clippers you have a good coach or i shouldn't say good a coach who knows how to handle player egos uh paul george, paul george who is seemingly getting over his uh worst nightmares uh crucial playoff games and there's they're going to try to keep as many of the players that were uh efficient for them in the playoffs as they can i mean why not that's a pretty good situation could could we see a version of the kd to the nets where he declines that player Mm. option for max money and then signs where he actually wants to be there's so many teams that will throw Kawhi Leonard the so but much is money. there a place Kawhi wants to be where he wants to be there and get a head start? Because I don't, I get, I, I don't see my two cents. I don't see him leaving now because he has to recover. Might as well do it in San Diego. He wants to live where his family is. Like he's he's there strictly because he wants to live there. I mean, so I I don't see why he leaves the Clippers now, knowing that he might be out for a while. 
but what, do you see uh, any sort of lineage there between KD missing that whole year and just with the, collecting the money with the Nets instead of with the Warriors? George? Oh, this is phrase for me. Um, no, I don't see that. Um, if he really wanted to, you know, have be in a place where he could win, he would have stayed in Toronto, in my opinion. He left a lot out of there to come home. And he basically, you know, he, he controls what they do with the Paul George thing and all that. But I think the Clippers have no choice but to give him a bag. So I think he opts out oh, regardless obviously. because, they, you know, they don't have their next six picks. Oklahoma has their pick this year. They need to keep him so desperately. So they will give him top dollar, you know, the max they can do under CBA. And I just don't think he's really going to go anywhere else. I mean, like, the only place I could see him leaving to is Miami. And even then, I don't know. I think he's so much more comfortable here. Now you got to rehab, to and they're like, you're still doing conditioning drills, like with your arms. Like <laughs> he, he's he's been given, you know, almost like the keys to the franchise. He's been able to do what he's wanted to do. I think he's comfortable here. He's he's won two Finals MVPs. I think he's comfortable with what he's done. He gets to stay at home. He gets to make the max amount of money he's uh, allowed to get. And I, I don't think this is much of a story past. Uh, June or July 1st or whenever free agency is. Sorry, we're past July 1st. <laughs> well, like Josh said, I don't know if he got to finish his train of thought, but the Clippers are going to beg him to decline it so they can sign him to a, like a long-term deal to get that stress out think, of the way. I think it's, they, what, four years that they'll be it, able it, to do? It, it, it can be four years, yeah. And they re-signed Paul George uh, last year. Already, yeah. Um, so uh, I, I, they really need Kawhi to do that. Um, Josh, final thoughts on uh, Kawhi and – you think he's going to miss all of next year? Because George was kind of alluding to that. He's a cautious guy. I think it depends on how good the Clippers are. So yeah. I think I think if he, uh, no matter where he goes, if it's not the Clippers, he's going to try to – actually, I, you know what? I think with any team, it just depends on how their record is. It's going to be a like a month-to-month assessment because it's Kawhi. Kawhi's entering the 30s, I believe, this upcoming year. I think he's, he's already in his 30s. 30s. Yeah, he's so, in very early 30s. Yeah, he's entering that like where well, you have to be a little bit cautious. And I mean, we've seen how successful KD uh, was what by taking a year off. Uh, so maybe he goes that route. I think it's just a month-to-month because obviously Kawhi is gonna. Actually, I don't even know because Kawhi's a weird dude. The, the Clippers might be the second. Clippers might be the second. So what's your answer? He's like, I'm not gonna play. He said um, his answer is record wise, and I kind of agree there. But yeah, yeah I, can, I gotta, I gotta treat you like George. I can't let really you cop off out. Is he coming back next year or not? I'ma say yes. I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say yes. But I don't think, I don't think he's gonna finish the season. I think he comes back, but I don't think he finishes the season. You think he gets re-injured? Not re-injured, but he, he so just doesn't feel right. He's like, it's not right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. like LeBron, oh, okay. even, even though it's completely right, I just don't think he's going to activate maybe, playoff mode and then be like, oh wait, I'm sitting maybe he plays like now. a good fe- he plays like an average February, and we talk about like, oh, the team with Kawhi is like the X factor. February? Then, what you think? You think he's made out of okay. titanium? February? What do you mean? He was doing those those Terminator Terminator commercials. He really that's, I don't that's know. Like what July, August, September, October, November, December. I would say like that's seven months. If, if you were idiot, seven months. It was been nine, and they were in the playoffs, and they they really could. Did he was like Mark? Then when he's also say weird as hell, like really weird. Then he is. But, um. Yeah, I'm going regardless. He's not playing next season. Wow. 
Well, I'm glad we talked about this because I was like, oh, he's, he'll be ready for next season. And George is like, this is serious. I'm like, sheesh. George put his uh, stethoscope on and <laughs> activated Speaking mode. of very serious matters, uh, the pride of the states are in jeopardy right now. Uh, they mocked. They, this is the one time where everyone's like, go USA. Every, every time else, everyone's got a different opinion. Yeah, every- so many people are posting those stupid things like me watching 610 demigods destroy third world countries. And it's that <laughs> stupid sound. I can't remember what movie it's from. It's like, get up, get up, it's the 4th of July. Hey, get up, it's Memorial Day weekend. Oh, get Memorial up. Day weekend, yeah, sorry. The Luca flag. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. So funny. But yeah, so Team USA, they start 0-2. Me and George touched on it briefly when they were 0-1. And they go back-to-back. They win one, lose one. They're now 1-2 and in expeditions. Uh, they were, I think, 54-2 and the past uh, 40 years. <laughs> no, they hadn't. They had never lost until these two games, actually. Right? Oh, my. No, no. I think they lost two, two total. Someone just like, turned off the lights. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> It's spooky uh, for George there. It's been spooky this whole time for me. Uh, but, George, you said you weren't worried at all. And I think I was, too, because I didn't even watch the game. But I watched these two games. And, oh, oh wow. Okay, so I'll get a fresh take. Josh, uh, 1 to 10, how worried are you? Uh, this isn't to say, even if you're a 10, doesn't, 10 is the most worried. doesn't mean to say USA is not going to win it. But, like, we're expecting them to roll over these guys. It's the Olympics. USA always wins. Uh, I'm going to say... Three, um, just because it's not that they're win- it's not like they're losing close games, and it doesn't seem like they're they're mentally not realizing how much better they are than the other team. They're like relying, and like we're gonna talk about like the Jared Dudley thing, but like they're relying on the rule book just a little bit, and that's how they lose some of these close games. It's exhibition, so it's obviously I'm not worried about it. They're still probably gonna win gold, but like, well, they're not resting anyone. They're still like trying to win. Well, they might be resting Jason Tatum, but I don't know what's going on with that. I think they're relying a bit too much on. Yeah, I think they're just relying a bit too much on like factors that they can't always swing their way, even though they have Kevin Durant on their team and Damian Lillard. I thought um, he was the best player in the world. Who's, who's, who's right better, now, George? Who's better? Mickey is the, so much better. The guy that's about to win four, three straight and win the finals in six. I thought you were going to reference the guy that's playing for the Twin Squad this summer, but no, you went with your Greek brethren. And Michael he, Jordan, Michael B. Jordan. He can't. He can't even play on Team USA, George. So what's the point? What's the point? I said in the world, world anyways. <sighs> All right. But um, my turn. Uh, I just think. <laughs> I just think it takes time for them. I, I said this last time. I said it's going to take time for them uh, to learn to play with each other. How the much been time? Playing, how much time? A few weeks. A few weeks. I mean, you look at teams like Australia, Argentina. Weeks, George, what are you talking about? I mean, you look at these teams like Argentina and uh, Australia. They've been playing together for years, but they do have a little bit of a problem. Oh, they have a lot of ISO-centric guys. They don't have many playmakers outside of, like, Draymond. Draymond's probably their best playmaker, so that's a little bit of a concern. They, their center rotation is short. Uh, KD's their tallest player. What center rotation? They don't exactly. have any centers. Exactly. So that's... I don't want to say the roster construction is uh, like uneasy because they have the best collection of talent in the, in the world, but there's not a lot of parts in like an offense that I can see out of outside of like ISO guys and then 
just a few defensive talented guys. So it's a little bit of a concern, but I think the talent will show itself in the coming weeks, and I don't think we'll have to be worried uh, come come metal time. Yeah, Josh, let's talk roster construction because like sometimes you have to bite the bullet, and instead of a Jeremy Grant who averages just twenty two, just get a Dwight Howard who can shot who can rim protect and like be a big body, like the Tyson Chandler. The Tyson Chandlers, the DeAndre Jordans, the Ma- the Mason Plumleys, like the Draymond Green. <laughs> well, he's a he's a he's look, great look, at defense look, look, and he's their best playmaker. Where's Miles look, Turner I, when you need look, him? Look, I love I I like that I know what you're saying, but like they're so like I don't think anybody's really processing this like this information. I think Brian Scalabrini said it best. Brian Scalabrini was like, I can score forty on whoever I want in an open gym that's of normal people. They make me look – they made Brian Scalabrini a 44 overall in 2K11. These guys are so good, like uncontrollably good. I don't – they don't need a Tyson Chandler or the roster. Like Draymond Green can – Draymond Green and Bam can stop. What are you talking about? Their second his- game they lost, their opponent lived at the rim. Lived. There was no rim yeah, protection was at all. Was kind of rough. And I don't want to hear rough. about continuity because we talked about when they played Nigeria, Do they half those guys grew up in the U.S. They weren't playing TV? with them, and half of them were playing for Miami. They're not playing over there anyway. So they, they got there the same time Katie and Dame got there, and they have more they have more – opportunity to play together like the all-star game than these guys in nigeria do that are coming over it was australia it was australia australia the second game yeah yeah australia was living to be fair if they watch them play australia again they're losing australia's losing by 40 40. i don't think so because it's not like team usa wasn't motivated they lose to nigeria joe ingles is a horrible man they they lose to nigeria and you're you're telling me usa treated it just like another expedition you telling me they were like we can we can lose two in a row? Who cares? No, they came out fired up. Still got still lost to Patty Mills. Patty like Mills was hunting KD. That was so embarrassing. <laughs> that, that was pretty bad. Ah, uh, I I don't I don't know. I kind of disagree with you there because I just think that the talent is just like you know. I mean, like obviously they can. You just keep it, saying USA good, Argentina bad and white. They they lost. Like <laughs> when did I say white? What? <laughs> You use Brian Australia? Scalabrini. Yeah, that was just an example. I was just trying to emphasize how good the p- players in the NBA are. The, the, these guys aren't scrubs. No, I mean, like, these aren't I, normal I, guys. They're also professionals. They yeah, no, they're professionals. It's not like I'm taking away from them. I'm just saying that the USA, the team that they normally build, is just constantly like. Can Are you telling me there's a team? That's not the USA that's more talented than USA. I'm not saying they're more talented. Where's, the, where's that talent quote? Talent fails to beat hard work or something. Hard work beats hard talent. Work beats talent fails to work hard. work hard. Thank you, Thunderstruck. But here, that leads me to my next point. It's it's not the talent because obviously USA has the most talent. No team has a KD, no team has a Dame, but they don't know how to play together. These guys like KD and Dame. They don't know how to move off ball and set off ball screens when it really There's matters. I, I don't think that they should have had Kevin Love on the roster. Is that I don't what know what he's there for. They needed diversity. Oh, uh, now, now, of course you. I think up they could have the done like a guy. dream team and got Chet Holmgren to play play center better than. Kevin I'll Love. say this: I want to lobby yeah. something up because I saw something on Twitter. They need instead of you know getting these end of roster fillers like a Jeremy Grant, like you mentioned, and a. Kevin Love for God knows what, and uh, like Le- 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 Levines and other guys. How about some like 
high love high leverage role players who like exceed in their role, you know, defense, scrappy. Because there's just way too many Nobody guys. Wants to don't say that. Don't no. say you lobbed it up when I asked Josh about it five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, oh. he did say like they should sacrifice like yeah. the talented no, guys. No, I, I I agree for... with that then because there's just too many guys who want to get theirs. Stay off and your then... phone and Ella Mama J's Instagram, please. <laughs> Pay attention. I'm gonna finally name drop it. I'm tired of you disrespecting us on Fox. <laughs> Pay attention to what we're saying. <laughs> turn on his camera. He's turning on his okay, camera. we're gonna move on because I think we're on the same page here. I still have to say winning the gold, but there's just there's a lot of problems here that need to be fixed. It's not gonna be a steamroll. Um, and that Australia no. game was a real game I could see them losing again. Uh, Nigeria. Man, I can't wait till they play them again. <laughs> Um, okay, so St- sticking on Team USA, but we mentioned Jared Dudley had some thoughts on it. Thank God Jared Dudley is giving us two cents in the NBA offseason. Uh, but he said the NBA should go to FIBA rules. Um, it's going to be a quick one, uh, just kind of a yes or no type of thing, and then explain why. But some different things from FIBA rules to NBA rules. No offensive goaltending, 10-minute uh, quarters. Um, and then the foul baiting, it's the main thing, and you guys touched on this when you were talking about the games. Foul baiting is much tougher to do. It's much more physical. Those those swing-throughs just aren't working, and which is weird because Luca has been doing this since his rookie year, and he won, like, MVP in the EuroLeague. But, you know, it's not working for Katie and Dan. They're not getting those calls they normally do. So I'll start with George. Uh, you agree with Duds? I'm going to give you the typical me answer. I agree with him to an extent. I don't want to see – goaltending be removed because then Rudy Gobert will actually become no, one no, of the no, greatest no, no. defenders there, ever. There's no offensive goaltending. You can't just pop your hand through the hoop and oh. ha ha. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well then, yeah, I'll, I'll change my answer. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would like to see, especially with those fouls, I got to get them out of here. Just especially in those, in the game, they lost Australia too many times. They came down the floor and we're just immediately looking for fouls and just stop their offense to, to just get a foul. And Kevin Love was on the perimeter tried to do a dribble move, just did a pump fake and tried to lean into him. It's like that's not a good source of offense, especially how FIBA plays. I know that it's a different play style and all, but that's not a successful drive down. So even just like changing, you know, how the referees, you know, referee, uh, it might be better than changing every rule, but I don't mind it at all. Josh. (sighs) No, because the – I don't like the goaltending one specifically just because I've seen how how they can just exploit it. And I think in the league where height kind of is the dom- is one of the dominating factors in the league, it, this just gives them even more of an advantage, uh, especially with the uh, <laughs> with some of the new prospects coming in. But I think the NBA just needs to change their foul baiting thing because, like, you know, we've seen the NBA where there's – where it's a lot harder to draw a foul than it than it is now. So I think minor tweaks. They don't need to do a full FIBA change. Um, I like the offensive goaltending a lot, actually. I think there's no need. If it's an offensive player, who cares if it's over the cylinder? It's a put-back dunk. Just let it be. I'm not a fan of the 10-minute quarters. Um, I, think, right I don't know neither. if I said this on the pod uh, ever, but I'm not a big fan of changing anything about like how much time is in the game. Uh like different things about that because it's just going to mess with records. You get a 10 minute quarters. No one's breaking any point record ever. Like it's just not going to happen. Um, and then, yeah, we, I don't, I didn't put this in the pod, but a few weeks ago, NBA drops and stuff, they're going to be changing a few of the rules to stop foul baiting, you know, guys like Trey young and, uh, 
Luca and stuff like that, they have some rules that they're going to be, they're going to crack down on like they cracked down on the swing throw a few years ago. Um, but we'll see how it goes with that. Uh, but yeah, I think Jared Dudley, I don't know who keeps putting a microphone on Jared Dudley's face, but he, keep, he, he keeps coming up with quotes and he's always in the news. Um, but yeah, last segment here, George, George, <laughs> You can't say somebody in a rush. Somebody in a rush there, George. You can't say. I want to see you suffer with the Chicago Bulls. Or even I'm not suffering with the Chicago Bulls tonight. Anyway, the only stuff that I'm gonna be doing is from success. Continue. Last segment here. Sixers finally, finally have made it official. It's not a secret anymore. It's not just rumors. They're taking calls for Ben Simmons. Um, just I, we've already talked on a lot of Ben Simmons talk. I've I've brought you guys some Bleacher Report articles, some mock trades. I just wanted who are some of the best trade partners for Daryl Morey. Um, I'll get us started. The Warriors are in the news already, um, and it's with uh, Joe Lacob, Daryl Morey. Two guys like to pull the trigger quickly on deals like this. Um, I think it's matchman in heaven, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, maybe they don't have the assets there. Josh. Who are where, where's the best fifth Ben Simmons and where should Daryl Morey likely do business? Um, I definitely agree with you in terms of the West team, but I'm gonna go with Portland. I think that uh, there's definitely potential for Ben Simmons to get traded without Damian Lillard being in the package. Uh, and if Daryl, I mean, obviously, it would kind of I, I, it would hurt Daryl Morey, but you wouldn't have to worry about Simmons, and there's also no guaranteed Ben Simmons completely changes his game and i think that portland is probably one of the few teams that can kind of uh what's it called utilize and fix ben simmons no not i i totally lost train of thought because i was starting to think of the other team i was going to mention which would which was the spurs who could utilize it and as a basketball fan i would want ben simmons to go to san antonio but Portland's one of those teams where you can, uh, where Philly could kind of get a lot out of, and then kind of flip flop because they can probably get players and then kind of build their team based according to their needs, but they don't really have to necessarily worry about that in the initial trade because Portland has some nice pieces, they just haven't been able to get it to work. But yeah, I definitely think that you know Portland has a decent amount of package, and I don't think they're asking for a whole. Lot. I don't think Philly's going to be asking for a whole lot. So, George. I have one, and then I have a, a sleeper one I kind of want to address to you all. Oh, so the, the first one, um, Minnesota. Uh, they, they need some defensive help there and playmaking help alongside Cat. But and they ruin the chemistry. I, it's, it's, time for winning. it's time for winning around there. They don't, they don't need no chemistry anymore. Is D'Lo confirmed to be – yeah, he's probably in the package there. They got what Malik Beasley. In yeah. I think, I think uh, there's a, a lot of assets – that would help the Sixers, you know, replenish scoring that they were missing out of out of D'Lo. I, I or sorry, out of Simmons. I think they have enough defensive pieces there that they wouldn't lose a whole ton of uh, defensive versatility. And then, uh, as long as we're done with that, I want to get to the sleeper one. How do you guys feel about the Thunder? Because he can nope. play the five. They shipped out Moses Brown, and there's a ton of picks uh, that Moore is licking his chops on. So I want to I want to hear y'all's opinion on that. I think if. I don't see what, which is why the Warriors stocks are heating up. I don't see what's in it for the Sixers. You need to get a guard back, or at least someone who runs the offense back, unless you have something big, big plan in for agency. The Spurs work, but unless you, they're not, they're not going to want to take on Kemba Walker's contract. And I don't. Oh, right, I, I forgot I, Kemba was there. Oops. And I know the picks are there. What do the picks do for you? 
you have Joel Embiid, who who knows how long he has because of his brittle, brittle legs. And you have all these guys under contract for max money. So you need to get talent back, not just picks back. But I do like okay. where your head's at as far as the assets are there. And I'm I'm just like you. I'm begging Preston to do something with those picks. You can't just hoard them all. You got to start. You, you Time's pick, running out. Whatever starts available, they can get whoever they want. Whoever. They, they, they just got to Y'all need to relax. Like, y'all. Like, guy got the picks. The guy, guys, accumulated the picks in this last year. And while he's made some questionable trades, he hasn't drafted anybody yet. And y'all are screaming from the rooftop. Yeah, he can't he needs he can't to trade everybody. all the picks. Josh, he's gonna have to trade can a lot of draft. Can you draft Jalen Brown? Thirty-five. Jason players? Tatum. Can you Mark, draft? That's not the point. That's not the players. point. That's not the point. He, they have more first-round players than roster spots, Josh. They have to trade some of them. Well, yeah, they'll, they'll obviously a... trade them, but they haven't drafted anybody yet. So you just said we last. can't say that. You just said we can't say you yes to trade them, but you, you just said think, you have to trade some. You don't think when a disgruntled star says, I want out, that Sam Presti would rather move five picks off immediately to try and contend now than say, oh, we haven't drafted anybody. We don't want to grab this generation. Who is saying, saying they're disgruntled? I'm just saying, what if a Carl Anthony Towns in, in two months is like... You're saying a what oh. if. if. If he doesn't capitalize on you're saying that what situation if with, when it happens. You're saying what if with right draft now, selections. Right now, right now, you're like acting like he has to trade them in like a month or he's washed GM. No, I'm saying just, within like Josh, the next year. Also, Josh, a, he made a very questionable trade shipping out Moses Brown, who's one of their only young guys worth keeping, and was, they still ship him for a pick who that's useless. They don't need that first round pick. They don't. What if it comes out really good, though? In 2015 years? <laughs> Isn't it next year that they got the pick for? I don't know. I didn't look into it. I don't know, but I mean, I don't see. Road. I don't know why this is a debate. You have to trade some of them. They have more picks than Ross. I think. The, I think he Especially needs to trade them for the right p- package. I don't think he needs to just we trade ju- them just to trade them. Wait. I know that's what you guys. I know uh, that's what you guys are trying to say. You guys make it sound like he needs to trade them right away, but. Well, I'm done. I'm done going in circles. Um, what, what was it? That's what it. Was I get? Right. That's it. I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna shame, shame on you, Rodicky. I'm gonna call it because I had I had so many things we could have talked about, and we're only an hour in. We have three more hours worth of content, but I guess I'm gonna call it here. Um, thanks so much for joining us. It was a Frank the Ace less episode, but I hope you still enjoyed it. Uh, we got Josh Rhodes back. Um. Next episode, hopefully, we'll have Josh as well, but might just be me and George at 3 a.m. post-Space Jam. Who knows? Uh, but, yeah, at THHoopers, Instagram and Twitter. This will be uploaded on Instagram, on uh, on YouTube, so subscribe, please. And, uh, yeah, everyone enjoy Game game 4. That's on today. Uh, thanks for being an OG. Everyone take